Let's pray together as we start this service. Lord, even though we're in many different places, yet we pray that your presence, your glory and your power may be known to each one of us this morning. Lord Jesus, come and stand in our midst, separated as we are. May your healing love, may your redeeming love be known to each one of us tonight, today. Please be glorified in all that we do. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Amen. Mm. Well, a very good morning to you all. Um, for those of you who don't know me, who might be listening um, on um, um, on social media, on YouTube or on our uh, website, my name's John Farrow. I'm one of the uh, church wardens here at Christ Church. We'd like to walk, give you a very warm welcome, particularly if you're new to our um, online services. If you want to know more about us, um, we are on Facebook and um, we have a website. Those of you who are um, joining us via Facebook may like to have a look at our website, which is all the W's, um, basedandhillchurch, all one word, dot org. We very, and there are contact details there for uh, if you want to get in touch with any, any of us uh, and know more. There are also details of our uh, confidential prayer line, if there's any way we can um, we can assist you in supporting you in prayer in these difficult times. A couple of notices before we start the service proper. Um, at 10.30 this morning, as it's the first Sunday of the month, our uh, latest all-age service, which has been pre-recorded and put together by Jeanette and Rachel, um, will, be, uh, will be broadcast. And we're also having our monthly one prayer meeting at 7 o'clock tonight. That is over Zoom. 
and all of you should have had login details for that um, sent to you by Sarah um, a day or two. We'd love to see you with see you with us. Um, our preacher this morning is Ursula, our associate minister, um, who will be preaching from um, John 10 uh, verses 1 to 10. And we'll be hearing from Ursula shortly. But first of all, as we're still in the um, in the um, season of Easter, we want to sing a couple of um, praise songs to our risen Christ. We're going to start with Crown Him with Many Crowns. And we, uh, we as a family will lead you in the singing for that in a moment and follow it with um, what is, in fact, my favourite Easter hymn, See What a Morning. So um, let's uh, let's sing our, our risen Lord's praises together. Thank you. 
Is a voice speaking, calling her name. It's the master, the Lord raised to life again. A voice that spans the years, taken down, staring forth, bringing peace to us. So, Lord, we welcome you now into our midst. We thank you that you died for our sins. You were raised again and you're now seated in all glory at the right hand of the Father. So we praise you this morning, Lord Jesus. We acknowledge the name of Jesus as the only one who can save us from our sins. And Lord, we thank you that in you we can have all our needs met. So, Lord, please be with us now as we continue to seek to glorify your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Cheryl is going to bring us our reading now, after which Ursula will preach to us. Good morning. The reading this morning is taken from John chapter 10, beginning at the first verse. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he is brought out, all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognise a stranger's voice. 
Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, so Lord, we pray. Yeah. Yeah, so Lord, we pray your blessing on Ursula now as she brings your word to us. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Is that better? All right. If it happens again, Aidan, tell me, because it seems to be doing it automatically. Good morning, everyone. Is that, am I all right, Aidan? Yeah, okay. Sorry about that, folks. Um, When I read the passage for today, um, its appropriateness seemed rather stark. But to talk about abundant life, when so many of us are experiencing restrictions. And I know for myself that the longer the restrictions go on, the more I realise how much I'm missing my usual routines and the sense of loss at not being able to spend time with family and friends grows ever more profound. And I guess if we take a poll of what folk consider necessary for an abundant life, that our responses would include things like enough money to live comfortably, seeing friends and family, holidays, health. And of course, for many of us who are living in lockdown, we're unable to see family and friends apart from virtually over the internet. And for some, there's worry about money and whether there'll be a job to return to. And then there's the threat of coronavirus. The daily updates given by the chief medical officers starkly remind us of the threat to our health should we succumb. Life can seem far from abundant. So what does this passage have to say to us, particularly in the unusual circumstances under which we now live? This is one of the passages in the Gospel of John, where he reports on the I am saying of Jesus. I am the bread of life, he reports in John 6.35. I am the way, the truth and the life in John 14 verse 6. And there are seven altogether. 
But here we have Jesus saying, I am the gate. And here, of course, John is yet again reminding us of the divinity of Jesus by reflecting the answer God gave to Moses in Exodus 3.14. When asked by Moses who he, who he was talking to, God gave the reply, I am who I am. So here, Jesus is telling us that he is our divine gateway to life in all its fullness. As the message version puts it, I am the gate for the sheep. All those others are up to no good. Sheep stealers, every one of them. But the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out and find pasture. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Jesus is telling us why he came, that he cares about the quality of our lives, that we continue to exist beyond this life and world into eternity, and that we have choices, even in these times of restriction. So I'm just going to look at two of the themes of this passage in relation to the choices we can make. The image of the shepherd caring for the sheep and the choice to have a real and better life. And of course, one of the best known images in the Bible of the shepherd and sheep is given in Psalm 23, which starts, the Lord is my shepherd. The words of this psalm seem so relevant for today. And as I thought about them, I realised how much they spoke to me about this passage from John 10. As we enter into the reality of what Psalm 23 is saying, the words provide a metaphorical sheepfold for us, a place of security and rest as we acknowledge right at the start that the Lord is my shepherd. At this point, I could go on and discuss the meaning and interpretation of the imagery, but instead I'm going to stop speaking for a while and we'll listen to the promises of Psalm 23 that build the walls of security for each one of us. Aidan's going to play us a video of Stuart Townsend's version of this psalm. Thank you, Aidan. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me lie in pastures sweet. He leads me by the still, still Oh, 
to have life in all its fullness. As Jesus at the end of verse 10 says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. What is life-giving for you? What isn't life-giving? Jesus talks of thieves and robbers who come to steal and destroy. Of course, some of us may feel that the coronavirus and the impact it's having is stealing and destroying. And in many ways, that's true. And so do wars and famines and the many other ills that blight humanity. But what I'd like to look at here briefly is what is life-giving? Perhaps the most central and important facet of living life abundantly our relationship with Jesus. For the first century listeners in what was largely an agricultural economy, the imagery of the shepherd and sheep would have been profound. But even so, some of his hearers didn't understand. He uses the pictures of safety, abundance and gathering in contrast to those of thieving, killing and scattering to heighten the difference that life under the care of the Good Shepherd meant to those in the fold. He explains that to be part of his flock, the community of Christ, we must go through him, pass through the gateway and have a relationship with him. Acknowledge, as the first words of the Apostles' Creed say, we believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, we believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, 
our Lord. And in saying that, we acknowledge all that Jesus did for us in his living, dying and resurrection. Many of us listening, I suspect, would agree that we do affirm these tenets of our faith, that we are followers of Jesus and are welcomed into the sheepfold. But I'm certainly aware that there are occasions when I make choices that, rather than life-giving, are instead toxic to my walk with Jesus. And it's the outworking of these choices that God and we call sin. So here, perhaps, is one of the keys to living life fully and abundantly, to confess our sin and to live in the knowledge and practice of forgiveness. As the Lord's Prayer says, forgive us our sins as we forgive others who have sinned against us. I'm so aware, as I say those words today, that there are things that happen things that some may have experienced on their journey through life that seem unforgivable. And if that's you, then please don't hear those words from the Lord's Prayer as a heavy-handed edict that sets out to separate you from our Heavenly Father's love. Remember the words of Paul to the Romans in Romans 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from God's love. We do not meet a harsh God come to beat forgiveness out of us like a tyrant but we come to a loving Father who knows and understands our complexities and our frailties and greets us with love, compassion and understanding. We may choose to live as if he doesn't exist or as if he doesn't love us. We may think ourselves unlovely or unwanted, but these are lies. The unchanging truth is that God loves us and it's as we live in the knowledge of his love that we have the freedom and security to live life to the full, whatever the circumstances are that surround us. We know all too well, though, that life is not always a bed of roses, that we suffer, we hurt, we grieve. There are times we feel downcast or lost or lonely. I don't believe that living life to the full in Christ exempts us from the trials and tribulations of humankind. But here, in these verses, is a deeper truth. That living life in the fullness that Jesus offers is an internal process. We recognise the prompts of the Good Shepherd as we pray. We learn to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, this is the way, walk ye in it, as we ponder the choices before us. We learn what comes to us as a thief, robbing us of the peace that being a member of God's kingdom brings, robs us of life. 
and we learn what satisfies our soul and brings life and an increasing sense of the presence of God within us. I suspect I'm not alone in these times if I acknowledge that I've sometimes struggled to settle to pray. My focus seems to be drawn to concerns for the family, concerns for work and for friends. And during these times, one of the blessings that I've experienced is that I've rediscovered the beauty and power of the Lord's Prayer. In repeating those words first spoken, first spoken by Jesus so long ago, in letting those words sink deep within, I found renewal and refreshment and my inner compass refocuses on living the life promised by Jesus in these verses in John 10. Oh. In a few minutes, John is going to lead us in saying together the Lord's Prayer. But as I thought about this passage from John, I came across this prayer. And in closing, I'd like to pray it for us as a church community. Let's pray. Lord, let us hear your voice so that we may open the gates of our hearts more completely for you. Draw us to the pathways of life. May others then see us as a safe gateway leading to abundant life. Amen. Good. Okay, we're good. Amen. Thank you, Ursula. There is indeed a lot to um, ponder there. Um, I was lucky. Um, Ursula gave me a preview of the um, of the text of her sermon. I've had a chance to uh, digest it a bit as, uh, already, and there is an enormous amount of depth in there. So, Ursula, bless you for that. Let's spend a few moments just responding to what Ursula said and what the Lord is saying to us through uh, through Him. Let's be, be quiet for a few seconds. Ursula said that one of the keys to living this abundant life is to confess our sin and to live in the knowledge and the practice of forgiveness. Now, this is a big subject and I'm not going into it now, but I'm just going to have, an, again, a moment or two of quiet where if there's anything the Lord is laying on your heart that he wants to confess, let's bring that to him now. Remembering that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, if you look in the imagination of your mind's eye, see Jesus on the cross taking that sin from you. And as he dies, that sin died with him. Now, again, in the imagination of our mind's eyes, let's lift our eyes up. 
and see Jesus rising again from the dead and ascending to the right hand of the Father, where he is now praying for each one of us. Scripture tells us that where if we sin, we have one who pleads our cause with the Father. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and for the sins of the whole world. And let us again see him from beside his father's throne, sending his Holy Spirit to each one of us to strengthen us, to fill us with that new life. I'm going to finish that this section by praying again the prayer that Ursula prayed at the end of her sermon. Lord, let us hear your voice so that we may open the gates of our hearts more completely for you. Draw us to the pathways of life. May others then see us as a safe gateway leading to abundant life. Amen. Amen. We're going to continue in prayer for a moment or two as we pray for our world and for those around us. <clears throat> I'm going to ask that we start by praying for our government. trying to find the right way forward in this crisis in the midst of voice uh, of thousands and thousands of voices saying that they are getting it wrong. Lord, would you please give them wisdom, particularly with difficult questions as well about when to open, reopen schools, about how to get the economy going. Lord, would you give them the grace to admit where they have made a mistake, but Lord, will you give them courage in leadership? We pray in particular for our Prime Minister. And again, we thank you for his recovery from COVID-19. We pray for wisdom for him and for all his advisors and all the ministers around him. I'm now going to mention a few other topics and leave a time of silence after each where we can in our hearts, name and remember those known to us within each of the, these topics. So let's pray first for God's protection and his blessing on all frontline workers, be it NHS staff, paramedics, ambulance staff, shopkeepers, care home staff, whoever. Let's commit them again into the hands of our loving God. Let's pray now for those who are having to isolate on their own, for those who live alone, for those who are lonely, for those who are suffering mental health issues as a result. Let us pray that the peace of God, which passes understanding, would keep their hearts and minds secure in the knowledge of Jesus.
Let's pray also for those in need, for those who are ill, not just those who are suffering from COVID-19, but all who we know who are, uh, who, are, uh, who are ill in any form. Let's pray also for those who are in financial difficulties, for those who've lost their jobs, for those who are worried about what is going to happen when the furlough scheme comes to an end. And finally, let us pray for those who have been bereaved. For those who have had to suffer the unspeakable pain of saying goodbye to their loved ones over an electronic device. For those who are having to grieve alone. And let us finish by saying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Our final song is celebrates the amazing grace that Jesus pours out to on us as he pours out forgiveness, love, his life. So let's sing and, and celebrate that together.
earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. At God, That brings us pretty well to the end of our service. Before I read our final Bible verse and pray us out, I'd just like, uh, I'd like to th uh, say a big thank you to Aidan and to Andrew who have set up all the technical side from trying to do uh, for, for doing uh, live worship this morning. I hope it's come across okay. But again, as, as always, a big thank you to the techie guys for all that you do. It's very hard work and often in uh, very difficult circumstances. So thank you. For that. Um, just to remind you that the, uh, the All Age service will be broadcast on the um, website and on Facebook, on the church Facebook page at 10.30 and also uh, to remind you about one this evening. If any, um, if there have been any um, thing that you would like prayer for, then please do use the um, prayer line um, on the church website, the prayer at basedonhillchurch.org. Uh, and you'll find the telephone number there as well. So finally, a couple of verses from Jude as we close this service. Now to him who is able to keep us from falling and to present each one of us before his glorious present without fault and with great joy to the only God, our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Nice to see you all. <laughs> Thank you. Hmm?